0: What are you doing? Okay, so hello everybody and welcome back to Thematic Commander. This week we are going to be going over basically uh, who I am a little bit because I don't think I've actually explained who I am, uh, why I'm doing this, uh, where I've started in magic, and just kind of a little bit of my overall history with magic. So if you don't want to listen to this, that's okay. I'll be getting out the next episode probably in the next two weeks or so, but here we go oh and this whole episode's basically going to be like a playlist through my life uh in the music i started with and everything like that as the theme haha <laughs> and welcome all right chickity china the chinese chicken you have a drumstick and your brain stops sticking watching x files with no lights on with all our Masons, i hope the smoking man's in this one my harrison port i'm getting frantic like i Stingham- so all right hello and welcome back um we are going to start off the beginning of this with uh my week in magic and what i've been doing so for the most part i've been selling a lot of magic cards i've been selling a lot of my high-end stuff like mana crypts mana vaults uh some of my reserve list cards because i'm looking to buy a house so we'll see how that goes over the next few days um how to get uh the down payment obviously so as reserve list cards are extremely high right now, I thought it would be a good idea to sell. Uh, and then, you know what? I've done that before. We'll get to that in my history and everything like that through these chapters about where I've been. But for the most part, I'm getting pretty far on that. Besides that, when it comes to games, uh, I was able to actually just got finished with a game. I played two games against uh, some people on Play EDH. I also finally got my first deck check, so I was allowed into the actual Looking for Games channel, which was great. I was able to play my God Tribal deck with the new Mono Green Commander. Uh, That went over okay. I was able to get a few gods out until um, the Gonti player comboed off and killed us with the Citadel and Aetherfrux Reservoir and Sensei's Divining Top, so that happened. And then the next game was with the same... Two other people, one of the people dropped out. I played a uh, the new Blink Commander where you can exile cards with Fortel for free. Um, that went okay. There was a card in there that I've never seen before uh, that I didn't know was in the precon. It's the one where you exile all the creatures you have. And I think at the beginning of your end step, you reveal cards from the top of your library. It's like a mass polymorph. Uh, and I had nine creatures out, so I was able to mass polymorph... I ended up kind of saving the game for a second. And then uh, when the Kenrith player rolled around, he ended up comboing out and killing us uh, with World Shaper and the one that allows you to sac your lands to get mana. Anyways, so that happened. Um, also, I don't think I was able to tell you what happened in the D&D game last week. So, we defeated the Creature's... Um, the squid-like creatures, we saved everybody, the four people that were left in the town, and we escorted them up to the next town. Uh, as we were going up there, I was a little moody, obviously, because my, I found out my youngest brother was taken over by the massive lich that's been putting these crystals that are sucking up souls of dead people all around the world, and we realized that these people, uh, can also have implanted gems in their heads which will allow the lich to control them and also teleport them randomly which is insane uh we made it up to the next town uh we actually had this really good segment where the my good friend decided to play out a fireside talk so we were doing never have i ever um in the game and i made a witty comment like oh never have i ever had a demon for a parent, and then one of the teethlings said, Never have I ever had my brother taken control by an evil lich, and that pissed me off, and I had to leave the fireside for a second. Uh, but that went over really well. Uh, then we made it to the next town. Now we're settled in the next town, and everything's going well, I suppose. Uh, we're trying to figure out as long as we are constantly heading in the direction of finding the next crystal to drag out my brother that's being my controlled. I am okay with whatever direction we go in. But if we're at any point taking a step back or anything like that, I'll either leave the party or force them to go forward um, until somebody makes a good argument for me not to. But anyways, so that's that. And that was my D&D game. Those are my EDH games. Uh, when it comes to the new set, Strixhaven, I'm excited for it. But there's not there's a lot of gameplay cards that i'm excited about like the is it cards that you can discard it to get uh pay hybrid is it hybrid is it discard it and gain a treasure i think are really good cards for almost any deck that's playing not green uh just because if you can't cast it it's a ramp spell if you can cast it that's awesome you get to cast it uh, but it's so versatile. I think it was such a good way to do it. I love, love, love the dragon alternate arts. Not so much all the dragons. I think the it dragon is one of the better ones. Uh, I think the Golgari one. Somebody's going to have to show me how they combo with it because I can't figure it out. Uh, and all the other ones are really good. All the legendaries, pretty cool. Planeswalkers. Uh, I think the art for the new Luka card, the fox on the background, is beautiful um, with the alternate art. But if you have any crazy opinions on these cards, uh, please message me. If you have any combos that you really like that you see in the set, also please uh, tweet at me, uh, WolfieMTG, on Twitter. I also put up a bunch of polls. I do want to say thank you for whoever's listening that is participating in the polls. Um, I will read out the results for... I put up polls. If it's Strixhaven, are you going to be using, like... Uh lore holds or boros. So I will quickly go through those polls. We got about forty-four or we got about twenty to thirty on each of them. So when it comes to Witherbloom, we got thirty-four percent saying Witherbloom, forty-eight percent using Golgari, so I guess I'll be calling it Golgari. three um, percent that's that put Withergari <laughs> and fourteen uh, percent that chose uh Gloom Bloom. I thought those were witty, but I guess not so much. Uh, When it comes to Silver Quill, we had 46 saying Silver Quill, and let me tell you, that's the uh, highest amount there. So we're going to go with Silver Quill from now on when we speak about Orzoth. Um, Orzoth got 35, uh, Silver Orv got 0, and Orv Quill uh, got 19. Quandrix, uh, Quandrix got the most at 44. Simic had 28, so we'll be calling it Quandrix from now on. Uh, (laughs) Quantic got 11, and Sindrix got 17. Now, this is a cool one, too. Uh, Prismari got 23, and Izzet got 61. Uh, So I guess it's Izzet, and that had one of the more, or one of the higher vote ratio, too. Uh, I guess people really Identify with is it? Uh, Prizat got six and Ismar got 10. And then the last one, Lorhold, uh, which I kind of expected this one from Lorehold. Lorhold got 40, Boros got 30, Borhold got 20, and Lorhos got 10. So there we go. Uh, thank you for participating in that. And I will have obviously more polls and more questions up on my Twitter if you want to follow. Uh, the other one I put up was. About the lesson boards. um, And it was an even split between people being okay with the lesson boards and um, saying maybe, but I'd have to see what's in your lesson board first and how the deck wins. Uh, The other one where it was, uh, no sideboards in EDH, only got 14% uh, with a total of 44 votes, but that's okay. Besides that, um, I think I personally am going to build my decks with a lesson board if it really fits the deck, and then have them be able to switch them out, and you just put in um, the card that was there before before the lesson, and I'll just probably sleeve up all the lesson cards and just have them off to the side, kind of like contraptions in my contraption deck, but we'll have to see how that goes. Um, for the most part, I'm super excited about it. I really do hope Lessons. I don't need lessons to become legal because I'm just going to play them if people are okay with me playing them and that's it. But yeah, if you have any opinions on that, if you have any opinions on the new set, if there's any legends that are really speaking to you, uh, let me know and we will see how it goes. With that, we're going to go on to my early life and my early childhood. Um, so, here we go. I took her out It was a Friday night I walk alone to get the feeling right We started making out And she took off my pants But then I turned on the TV And that's about the time She walked away from me Nobody likes you when you're 23 And I saw more abused by TV shows What the hell is ADV? So, alright, hello and welcome to uh, Wolfie <laughs> uh, My name is Jay, or Jason um, Obviously I started my life I was born, uh, I was raised, I learned to walk, I learned to talk, I did all that great stuff that one to seven-year-olds learned, Um, and yeah, so that was it. We, The first time I was ever exposed to magic, uh, I would have to say is probably, well, Sorry, before we start that. So, I was always into sports. I did everything like that. I um, did baseball, soccer, um, all the little things that, you know, you try to get your kid interested in. And for the most part, I was always interested in it. I got into marching band. I got into um, cross country. And uh, I eventually got into rowing, which was really cool. And I really enjoyed that. Um, But... That was everything kind of about my normal life. Uh, What I ended up doing, or when I first started Magic. So the first time I ever saw somebody playing Magic was probably when I was in middle school. Uh, I saw older kids because I was in the high school for, I think it was for band practice or something. Or maybe it was um, theater or something like that. I saw these two kids playing Magic in the hallway and I asked them, oh, what is that? And they kind of (laughs) snubbed me off. And said it's magic. Uh, you wouldn't get it. You're too young. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I'm too young. Uh, so then I left. And then thinking back on it, I was just kind of like, Oh, it was just these two probably theater kids telling a young a younger kid that magic was too cool for him. And I was like, Okay, that makes sense. I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, I also was in theater at one point. So. Um, the next time I was introduced to magic probably was sometime around, uh, I think, Scourge. I bought a goblin-themed deck, and I I don't think I even played with it ever once. I just thought the cards were really cool. I was in Maryland um, seeing a bunch of my family, and I was like, oh, yeah, I really want this, Mom. So, yeah. So then we got that. Then um, one of my friends had a bunch of cards and he's like he was over at my house and he's like oh I see you have magic cards here I'll bring over mine and you can just have them. So I was like okay. So then I had the first cards I remember which was a nightmare, a thundermare which was from Portal, I believe, the thundermare from Portal and a bunch of other cards, random cards I'd never really seen. So um then i'm trying to remember what happened after that um so yeah so that was kind of my introduction to magic and everything like that and kind of just the overview of stuff um now we'll kind of get into when i started actually playing and uh looking at certain look at it in certain ways of my career with magic so all right so i'll see you in the next one Oh, and by the way, uh, there is a playlist of all these car or all these songs. Um, it's on my Twitter, probably pretty far back, but it's the first uh, first songs that got me into a band. So I thought it was kind of cool to. I want to see everybody else's. If you make up a playlist of the first songs that got you into a band, uh, please link it to me on Twitter. I would be more than happy to take a look at it. So. When I first started playing Magic, uh, probably still high school, I was probably 15, 16. uh, I'd gotten into Kamigawas when I started, Um, and I wasn't in the tournament scene. It was really more, uh, we had a gaming club, and in this gaming club, there was some kids that played Magic, so I thought, oh, let me start, I'll buy a Kamigawa deck, Uh, and I was really into the spirits deck, so I got the soul shifting. So, got my soul shifting deck. I was playing against friends. Um, also, in this gaming group, uh, there was RoboTax. So, I, or there was a mech based game where it was kind of you had figurines and you did things like that, and other games like that that we played after school. We used to play 60 card casual. We'd all sit around and we would play um, against each other and i think the strongest card that i remember somebody having having was an exploration and i was like oh my god one mana this guy's getting so far ahead on lands everything like that um and i don't know it was something about magic it felt so real it felt so like the art dragged me in the the gameplay dragged me in and being able to play with multiple people was great um i didn't really do that much one on one there was never if you had six or four people, obviously play with four people, but it was good. It was fun. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I probably had like a 70, 70 to eighty card deck um, and everything like that. So then, I'm playing like that for probably four or five months. This is all I definitely know. It was all before Ravnica came out. Uh, so then, a good friend of mine, uh, I'm not going to say his name, obviously, because maybe he'll be on one day. So a good friend of mine, didn't know him at the time, comes up to me. I'm, like, looking through my deck at lunch, sitting with a bunch of friends. Uh, He comes up to me, and he says, hey, let me see that deck. So he grabs my deck. He brings me over to another table where another one of his friends is, uh, looks through the deck, and pulls out, like, half and half. And he says, all right, we're going to play against each other. So we start playing against each other. He's like, all right, this deck is kind of bad, whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Um, and he says, do you want to play more? Like, do you want to hang out? We can play magic more. Uh, and I can get make you better. And I say, yeah, sure. I always like playing more magic. Well, um, little did I know, this was going to go down a giant rabbit hole for a very long time uh, of me playing magic. Uh, so me and that friend... Um, meet up with two other friends of his, very good people, or not very good people, uh, but very good magic players uh, in our area. And they start showing me how to play tournament, Uh, 60 cards, um, no more than that, multiples of each of the cards, and just to be more competitive. And then we got into drafting and everything like that. Uh, And it was funny because the reason he came and approached me was originally uh, he was going to "Quote unquote," beat me up, so that his friend could try and get with my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, "Okay." So, in a total period of, um, probably six months, I went from being like super casual, um, to fairly competitive, uh, and this was probably fifteen to sixteen, maybe going into my seven. Uh, no, fifteen to sixteen. Um, at the time, I was still rowing, I was still doing cross country, and it would basically just be. Me doing school, working out, going to crew, going to cross country, getting out of crew and cross country, immediately going over to my friends and play testing until one or two in the morning. Um, then going to see my girlfriend or whatever like that, and then going home and wash, repeat, rinse, wash, repeat, and everything like that. Um, so then we started playing standard. Uh, yeah, we were playing Standard at the time, um, doing Lorwyn pre- pre-releases. I think that was my first pre-release because at the time you had to go down to uh, neutral grounds in New York City to do pre-releases. So my first pre-release was probably either um, – because it went Kamigawa. What did it go? It went Kamigawa. I have to look it up. Oh, no. So my first pre-release, my first pre-release was probably Ravnica. Uh, actually, it was definitely Ravnica, because at that time I was still in high school. So we went to the pre-releases for Ravnica. I remember my friends telling me, oh, you have to get, um, we have to buy boxes of this set because it has dual lands in it. Uh, and I remember I was working my first job and we cracked open a bunch of boxes to get dual lands. And then we had our dual lands and we played um I remember a green-white, I think it was green-white-blue deck was really good because you'd get, like, Loxodon Hierarch and gain four life, then Blink it, and I don't remember. It was something crazy like that. Um, but yeah, so we played fairly competitively through guilds and Cold Snap, um... I don't know why I keep thinking my first PTQ must have been Lorwin. I'm not sure if that's true. But I do definitely remember going down to Neutral Grounds to do pre-releases. Because um, that was the only place that would do pre-releases. You couldn't do pre-releases at the time at your local stores. You had to go down uh, to do pre-releases at Neutral Grounds. And then normal releases were done uh, at the local level. So... Yeah, we did a couple pre-releases. I remember doing um, my first year in college. Uh, I would definitely go with my friends. I would definitely go with my friends at the time to uh, PTQs. So we played the uh, Lorwyn Morningtide Shadowmoor events, uh, PTQs in Boston. We went to Chicago for a GP. Oh, that's right. Um, So probably, most likely from... 2005 to 2006, uh, I played a lot of Legacy, Um, and Legacy at the time, what I ended up playing a lot is I was very much into uh, Stacks. So this would have been the time when you would play um, Mono White Stacks or Dragon Stompy, uh, and it was all basically decks where you power out a chalice or a trinisphere, turn one or two, and then off the back of that you get out a dragon or an angel, um, and you kill kill the person before they can establish a board. So that was a lot of my legacy career. I had, I wish I still had them. I had uh, playsets of mox diamonds, playsets of chrome moxes, playsets of city of traders. All that good stuff, and then you would kill people with, like, arch sloggers and random stuff like that. Um, my friends my friends were mostly into either uh, control, or um, one was into dredge really hard. The other was into, some were also into ad nauseum combo. Um, I ended up playing this really cool deck that I played in quite a few GPs, uh, which was called Trainwreck. And it was a green-black deck where you basically Cabal Cough or Tomb of Yawgmoth, uh when it finally came out. And you just generate a lot of mana, get a Helldozer out, and you start gunshotting people's lands out. Um, we, like, tinkered with that deck forever. Uh, and it just didn't get... It never got that great. But it was pretty good. Yeah, so then we played in more block PTQs with Laurel and Block. I remember when I was at... Our Boston. Loreman block PTQ. I remember I was playing a Demigod of Revenge deck. And. Right in the beginning of the tournament. My friend comes up to me. He says hey. Alright. Just so you know. That if your opponent. Counters Demigod of Revenge. And doesn't say anything else. He just says counter Demigod of Revenge. It's assumed he does it. Before the trigger. So. So. Put your demigod into the graveyard, and then put it back onto the battlefield, and then put it back onto the battlefield. And when he says, what are you doing? You say, I'm resolving the trigger. And when you guys call the judge, the judge will rule saying, did you specify? And if they say no, and they obviously you have to tell them they say no, you get the 5-4 because the trigger will bring it back. And also all the other demigod revenges. Uh, and Cryptic Command was in that format, so it was kind of crazy like that. So yeah, so that happened. Uh, Also, I got to meet meet Melissa Del Toro at that at that Boston BTQ at one point too. Got her to sign a card. Didn't know me. Still probably doesn't know me, and that's completely fine. Um, I remember in Future Sight and Planar Chaos being up in my college town and going to the giant like it was like probably four or five hundred local PTQ in the local town. And just playing up there, which was sweet. Um, I miss those PTQs so much. They just rent out giant convention halls and it was just basically a GP every PT- or every pre release. It was great. Also during that tu- or also during that block season I played uh, Kifkin with Mirror Weave and it was pretty cool. I think at one point I did get to get an entire board out that were all demigod revenges with mirror weave, which was cool. So yeah. So that was my um, Semi-competitive for the time being. Um, I played in a bunch of other, you know, events. Went to Chicago a few times. um, Went down to Boston. Played in New York City. Uh, And then... So I... It's hard to remember because it was so long ago. But... I I, I had started getting into EDH a tiny bit in college. So I was a tiny bit into EDH around college time. This was wow. When I go back and I look at the sets, um, I actually played a lot of competitive standard and legacy decks. Uh, I remember in standard with Shards of Alara, I played a. I think it was a balance deck with Cascade. So you would literally Cascade into um, Restore Balance, Sacrifice all your things to Greater Gargadon, Get Greater Gargadon out and Swing for 9 and kill your opponent when they had no lands. Um, When it came to Zendikar, I ended up playing a Valakut deck where you also would just randomly Summoner's Trap out a Emrakul, Um, yeah. Wow. Holy geez. Uh, so then I also played a, it was, it was crazy, man. That was a lot of standard I played. Um, and then we started getting into, oh my gosh. Wow. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. I'm so sorry. Um, so I played, I played competitively probably until, probably until Eldritch Moon, um, I would go to GPs and I would play in events like that uh, because I I remember when back in 2016 I was playing a black-white uh, Gideon ally of Zendikar deck um, and we had just started to have... Eldritch Moon come out and everything like that. And I was playing modern competitively. um, So there was a good portion of my life where I was playing competitive magic. The only things I've ever had to really show for it were... um, A... Two day twos at a GP. um, Top eight at two PTQs, I would say. Uh, We also played up at Jupiter Games in uh, Binghamton, uh, where I won a... We won, like, a couple... Or I would top 8 a couple of those high things and get, like, a Duel Land. Um, And then at my local shop, there were a couple, like, $100 tournaments. um, Where one funny story... I know I'm probably... This whole thing's going to be probably just funny stories. Um, I was playing Manorless Dredge. My opponent was playing Miracles. I go turn one reveal Chancellor annex and my opponent's like there's no way I can lose this it's game two he goes second land rest in peace and I'm sitting there and people are watching us because it's the last part of the tournament and I go all right can you pay the one and he goes what are you talking about I was like "Chancellor annex trigger this is your first spell and he's like what no And I was like, I announced it. And everybody around is like, he announced it. You played your Rest in Peace into it. He had a Brainstorm in his hand. Um, And he could have just Brainstormed turn one to get rid of it. And Rest in Peace turn two. This is game two. I won turn game one. Uh, And I just go off next turn. And I get out a... um, I don't know. It might even have been that Chancellor Annex I discarded. Uh, But yeah. That was like a crazy crazy thing. I ended up winning like $200 or whatever. It didn't really matter. It was just a good story. Uh, So yeah, I'm playing a little bit of Commander at this time. I'm mostly playing competitive. So 2000 2011 rolls around. I go on a road trip. We go to Gen Con. Um, I'm starting to sell off some of my magic cards because the person I was dating at the time wanted to go to uh, korea to teach english so i was gonna go and join them but we needed money up front so i sold you know i probably had one of every dual land except for an underground sea um every fetch land uh, a bunch of other um mox diamonds chrome moxes my city of traders um and you know at that time i was buying them for like 20 dollars a piece or whatever Uh, or I, when I bought them, they were like $20 a piece. And then I sold them, um, for a hundred. So I thought I was doing well, or I sold them for 50 or whatever. I thought I was doing well, sold them all off, got about $5,000 together, went to Korea. Um, I played the gate crash pre-release in Korea, uh, and maybe dragon's maze at the time too, uh, taught in Korea, traveled around Thailand, did a bunch of those things, did a bunch of those things. Then, came back to the States, traveled around the States, went out to California, played in a couple events. The only deck I had at this time was Mandiless Dredge. So, I played a couple events out there in California, um, sold the Mandiless Dredge deck at that time. I really almost had zero cards at that time. Uh, I kept one deck together, which was the Maze's End Turbo Fog deck. Uh, I go to Arizona... And I play in the states, the states that Star City Ho- Star City Games was holding, uh, with the the Dredge. I top thirty two, um, and I feel I don't feel bad, but my opponent's like, "Are you gonna concede to me? I can top 16. and I'm like, "No, I don't think I will. I think I'll, um, I think I'll play it out." So he gets so mad. I mazes end him. Win both games. Uh, top thirty two. I think it was like a couple packs or something like that. Uh, then the next year, I was in Utah. I'm in Utah. Uh, I go and I play in other states there. Uh, I think, I believe I play, I play green, I play Abzan at the time. So I have um, Siege Rhinos, or no, no, no. Oh, wow, no, this is one of the one of the decks I actually favored more at that time. Uh, it was an enchantment deck where you had Doom, Wake Giant, and uh, Karametra and other ways, and other enchantments. So I was able to actually come in second in that state, get the playmat and everything like that. Um, one of the plays in the top top eight, um, which it was unfortunate. I had game one game won. My opponent goes Liliana, the five mana Liliana, tutors for a card, puts it in his hand, and then I shuffle his library, put it down, um, and I say, where's the card you tutored? And he goes, oh, I don't know. He looks in his hand. He says, oh, it's this one. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, well, let's call a judge. Call the judge over. <clears throat> we explain the situation. Judge goes, okay, well, that's a game loss because it was very severe at the time um, doing stuff like that. And he says... The guy says, what What do you mean it's a game loss? He says, well, we can't recreate it, um, and that's—we can't—whatever the judge explains. Um, and I go, oh, oh, okay. And he says, all right, well, then you go on to the next game. And I was like, I won game one. Uh, the guy got very mad. Um, but obviously got me into the next round. So everything like that. Uh, got second in that one, won a box, won a bunch of other stuff and i think that was the last no no cuz then i to'd in the gate crash or not the gate crash the um shadows of itinhrad uh ptq or not ptu gp uh, i to'd and then dropped because my record wasn't that good um so yeah so then that was really it for the most part for my tournament life um, obviously, I haven't played any tournaments lately because we haven't any had anything like that. I played a little bit of uh, a little bit more modern into uh, Ixalan and uh, Rivals of Ixalan, everything like that, uh, and then I kind of stopped playing competitive for more EDH, and I got into EDH more uh, more heavily, probably in the Kaladesh block. I was playing it periodically up and down the entire, my entire career from um, my third year in college down. uh, And I haven't stopped playing it since. So, with that, uh, we're going to get into my EDH career. This is for the lions living in the wiry, broke down frames of my friends' bodies. Flood water comes, it ain't gonna be clear. It's gonna look like mud. But I will help you swim. I will help you swim. I'm gonna help you swim. So, um, for my EDH career, um, for the most part, my first EDH deck ever, I would have to say, was probably a mono green EDH deck. And it was... don't know why i drum rolled it was it's gonna be real low on the list oh my god i might not even find it uh oh here we go (laughs) i can't even say the name Jedit offrogen of africa i don't know that was real bad um but it was the legendary Cat Warrior with Forest Walk for 6 mana, 5-5, five, five, when it uh, attacks or blocks, create a 2-2 two, two, uh, Cat Warrior token. Um, so, yeah, that was my first EDH deck. I ended up probably over the years. My gosh, I've probably built... I don't know if I would be exaggerating if I said I probably built over... 700 EDh decks because um, for the most part every time a new set would come out, I would try to build um, one to two, no, probably five or six of the EDh commanders. Uh, and then I would just cycle through, uh, pull things apart, put them together. Um, I probably had quite a few CEDH decks at the time um, at certain times and then I pull them out, sell them and recycle. Um, but I've built quite a few commanders in my life. Uh, it's been fun. I've loved Commander. I've real that's why I've started this cast um, because I really wanted to talk about Commander in some capacity and I love building theme decks uh, in the last two or three years so not being as competitive with EDh, more just building decks that um, have a theme, uh, still have a good mana base, everything like that. I just really enjoy that part of edh the expression that it holds um right now uh i probably have way too many cards just because there's nowhere to sell them i would usually go to a gp once or twice a year sell all the extra cards i have pick up cards that i want like some of the reserve list cards and stuff like that um and for the most part just every time a set comes out, I'll usually throw together one or two decks and see how it goes or cycle through. I have 32 decks. Uh, no, I have probably have 35 decks at the moment. Um, I'm able to play most of them. Some of my favorite gameplay is with Planner Chaos, um, the extra cards effects, make the games go faster. I think that's one of their best products that they put out. It, it wasn't even strictly for Commander. But in Commander, I feel like it's one of the better things that kind of add that chaos to the game, make it go a little bit faster without anybody feeling bad that they're, quote-unquote, group-hugging group hugging to push the game forward. Um, I had a thought, and now I can't remember it. My favorite style of playing Magic is definitely getting out uh, big creatures for cheap, uh, either cheating their mana cost or cheating them into play with show-and-tell sneak attack. um uh, everything like that. Uh, one of the more competitive decks that I ever played in Legacy was uh, Sneak Attack Show and Tell, where you just get an Ember Cruel into play and Counterspell everything that comes out and kill them like that. That was one of my more favorite decks to play. Ponzo was a deck that I played in Modern a lot. That was one of my more competitive decks. Uh, just being able to blow up your opponent's land on turn 1, 2, and 3, or getting out a Blood Moon on turn 1 really... Uh, Had me, had me going. Uh, So, and then for my everyday life, I just usually, um, and that's all my commander right now. Uh, I have a decent play group. Um, My local store does tournaments when they can, obviously once COVID's over. Um, I have a group of about five or six of people that I go and I play uh, EDH with. We'll go over to each other's houses when everything's safe and play EDH. We trade off deck lists. We have conversations like that. Um, I do, when it comes to podcasts that I follow and that I really, really enjoy, ones that I tend to listen to every week, uh, Spike on the Mic is really good. Spike Feeders is really good. I just like listening to them. I do play, quote unquote, competitive on Magic Arena. That's kind of how I get my competitive fix. Uh, I listen to Tap Tap Concede, the Command uh, Commander Cast, which is great, Commander Theory, which is great. Uh, The Commander Sphere, which is funny and great. I know they're all great. Uh, CMDR Central, Commander Social, Legendary Creature Podcast, EDH Rec, the Vorthos Podcast. Uh, The Lorthos Podcast I'll listen to off and on. uh, MTG Goldfish as my news source. The Command Zone I listen to every now and then. Um, I do like watching their game nights every time when it comes around. Uh, Commander's Brew I used to listen to a lot. I'm off and on because there's so many casts that I listen to, and then the Commander Cookout podcast. Those guys are just really funny and really good. Non-Commander casts that I listen to, I listen. I've started listening to uh, Lorehammer because I'm reading a lot of the. Oh, real quick, and I'll also get into uh, book series that I loved over time and other games that I've played. Um, so I play a lot of Overwatch. I still play Overwatch. I'm waiting for Overwatch 2 to come out just to kind of see how it goes. I've played Hades. I used to play StarCraft a lot. I used to play League of Legends a lot in college, which was great. Um, Magic Arena, obviously. I used to play uh, Dawn of War a little bit. Those were really good at the time. Age of Empires, World of Warcraft I played for a very short time. Almost failed out of college because of it. Uh, Warcraft 1, 2, or Warcraft 2 and 3 I really loved um, just for the story. When it comes to actual books that I enjoy, uh, I've been reading a lot of The Horus Heresy, obviously, just to get through it and to know more of the lore ha- or, um, Warhammer, stuff like that. I listened to The Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. That's pretty good. I started the Redwall series a little bit. Uh, the second book in the Redwall series has kind of got me caught or catched up or caught up like it's kind of hard to get into uh, The Forever War was a really good book Name of the Wind I'm hoping that will finish at some point uh, Hyperion series I only read the first three books uh, All of Discworld that involves The Night Watch and Magic and The Weird Sisters I've read all of that um, These are all book recommendations I would highly recommend you reading them um, all of the Dune, all of the Dune series, I would say, would be okay. But the first book, Dune, Children of Dune, and God Emperor of Dune, I would suggest reading. I would also suggest reading the um oh and Dune Messiah. Sorry, all four of those, I would definitely suggest reading if you're really interested in Dune. I think it's a great series. Uh, I read the War of the Spark books, stuff like that. Going Postal. Starship Troopers, the original book, was really good. A lot of the Terry Pratchett books are really good. Old Man's War, that was the other book series. That was really good. Um, Huge into sci-fi, obviously. Pretty decent into fantasy. I did read all the Silmarillion. I read all of um, the Lord of the Rings books and everything like that, except for Children of Gondor. I think I still need to read that at some point in my life, Um, but it's been a long time since I read the Silmarillion so that would be a little hard to get into. But yeah, so those are all the books. Those are all the games that I really enjoy. Um, I've never gotten into Warhammer the miniatures. But every time I listen to the Warhammer podcast, I just want to buy an army and start creating. But I don't really want to get into another expensive hobby. I've played D&D for most of my... um. For most of high school into my adult life, there's been times where obviously I haven't played any games. I've played White Wolf, Vampire the Masquerade. Um, I've been in a couple LARPs, which are uh, enjoyable when you have the right group. Um, Yeah, and I've played a lot of that. If you have any interests that I've mentioned and you want to talk about it, please tweet at me. I'm more than happy to talk to you about them. Um, But yeah, so that's that. Besides that, let's get on to Oh, no to wizards. Haha. I hate your bad. So a little message to Wizards, um, and I've definitely tweeted this at people already and everything like that. Um, I know a lot of people are disagreeing about if there should be lesson boards or not. I personally believe there should be. Um, I've already tweeted it out to a bunch of people. I'm going to probably uh, write another letter to Wizards about um, how I feel like lesson boards should be allowed. If, if for anything, the best argument i personally could come up with was you have the five new commander decks coming out i know there's no lesson cards in them but uh or there's no learn cards in them but when you have somebody coming into commander for the first time they say oh yeah their friend suggests oh this commander set's coming out there's five new ones why don't you buy a couple of the booster packs buy a couple or buy one of the pre-cons um mix together we'll play a little edh so they do that. They find this mechanic that they really like called learn, and they say, "Oh, this is so cool! You know, I can get out whatever lesson I want. That's great." Uh, they put it in their commander decks. They're playing with their friends at, um, at home. Now the pandemic's over. They go to their local shop, and all of their play group has played with lesson cards the way that they were built, or learn cards the way they were built. Sits down, says, "Oh, here." Uh, I'm going to play my learn card and I'll go get my lesson. And the first conversation you have to have with them is actually you cannot play with a learn board. And you have to say, oh, well, most of my deck is built around having a learn board. And what a bad feeling that is. You're cracking packs of your first set, Strixhaven, you're super into this set, and all of a sudden, somebody tells you that your lessons that you spent money on are not allowed to be played uh, the way that they were built. Like, you could have them in the deck, but you can't get them with your learn cards. Um, I think that is a terrible feeling. I know not every set and every mechanic is built for commander. I mean, for the most part, not being allowed to play four of cards is not built for commander. So any card like Squadron Hawk or any of those, obviously you can't play those in commander. Um, Search the city, not a commander card. Or it can be a commander card if you build your deck around it. But um, yeah, we understand There's a lot of cards that are not built strictly for Commander anyways, but a a full mechanic not being allowed, it seems super confusing to new players to me, and that forever when a new player comes into Commander and if they see lesson or learn and play with it the way it's written in Commander, if they go to a store where they're like all right my first time playing because it feels bad even when a new play group comes in and they are playing like a sylvan primordial in their play group that was perfectly fine but the minute they come in to play with a bunch of people they don't know and these are paid tournaments paid quote-unquote like you put five dollars in and a couple packs uh we all have to tell them by the store's rules you're not allowed to play with Sylvan primordial you're not allowed to play with primeval titan that's understandable. Those are, you know, one card. So then they switch it out for an island. They switch it out for a forest. But when you have multiple cards that are learn and they had a learn board that was built around it, you're like, well, you can draw a card and discard a card. But they're like, I wouldn't have played a 2-1 one for one and a white that learns just to draw a card, discard a card. And there's like a bunch of these cards in my deck that do the same effect that are just not as good. Um, So personally, I will always say to anybody that you're more than welcome to play with a lesson board. Uh, I'm going to build lesson boards and just play them in my deck and have a lesson board off to the side. And say, is everybody okay with it? No. Alright, I take out those cards. I put in the cards that I took out for it. We're fine. Yes. Alright, I leave them in. I have a lesson board. Um, But I think it's a really weird, weird way to have this uh, happen. Especially in... Um, your newest set that is going to have the that year's commander decks in it. But anyways, that's my thoughts on it. Obviously, other people have different thoughts. You're more than welcome to comment and tell me how I'm wrong, how i'm how you agree, how you disagree, uh, how it's kind of a good point, but you know, this is the way it is. I'm fine with any of it. With that, we're gonna go on to the outro. Um, that's me. Uh, that's my kind of life in magic and how I got into it and where I came from and then, uh, how I kind of got into Commander. Uh, I do want to say thank you. Uh, at some point I'm hoping to have either a co-host or a guest. It's kind of hard to kind of go over this all by myself and kind of make you hopefully entertain you a little bit. Um, but I'll keep doing it. I do like doing it. I do have ideas that I want to get out there. So, um, if you have any suggestions, feel free to tweet at me at Wolfie uh, Star. Nope, at Wolfie MTG. Or uh, you can look me up as Thematic Commander. You can also email me at Wolfie star Two at gmail.com. But yeah. Um. I do want to say thank you. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for uh listening to the decks. Thank you for participating in the um the voting on my Twitter. Uh thank you for everything. And with that, I'm going to have to say goodbye and keep it thematic. I can never pretend that I don't love you You can never pretend that I'm your man That's exactly the way that I want it It's exactly the way that I am And you call me in the morning with your troubles Taking it downtown every night I can never place the stars at night above you Got my hands on the ground and you know I'm right You wait so long